Hello and welcome to a Tuesday, November 21st edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today. Your host, Harris. I'll be joined by my guy, Kenny, as we take on a five-game slate on this Tuesday evening, leading into uh, what should be a long weekend for, I know, all my uh, all my U.S. listeners over here, us Canadians get to uh, enjoy Thanksgiving a bit earlier, but Kenny, how's it going, man? It's a shortened week for you, I would think. Yeah, man, uh, I'm actually able to have the whole week off, so, you know, um, end season tournament Tuesday is uh, one of the holidays that we're celebrating, and, you know, of course, Thanksgiving. And um, no longer Black Friday. It's going to be in-season tournament Friday, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, for me. exactly. How about yourself, man? Uh, when was your little break? Uh, not so much. I mean, that being said, I am going to be in the U.S. for this weekend because I got a, a family's wedding to go to. So it kind of ends up becoming a bit of a longer weekend for me. I was able to get the Friday off just for our flight. But otherwise, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just same old, same old, trying to get through everything and I know I've got a 14-game a slate to take on tomorrow, so today having a five-game one is a, is a nice way to uh, kind of delve right into it. But before we do that, as always, to everyone who hasn't as of yet, what are you doing? Get yourself onto sportsethos.com and subscribe to that DFS Pass so you can get yourself access to all of the content that we have, including our DFS delivery and our uh, wager pickums to be able to look into all the props. Cause you know, Kenny loves his props. He does great with them all the time. You definitely want to be following him with that and everything else. Basketball. We'll get into that a little bit later, but regardless access to the website, access to our discord, to be able to ask the pros all the way up until lineup lock. And for this uh, slate over here with five games, we are going to be focusing in on the positions over here and, you know, looking at some of these uh, some of these price tags, we're starting to see a little bit of adjustment, a little bit of kind of movement towards uh, towards the mean here. But when I was looking at the point guards, uh, there was a there was a couple that I was looking at, but really it was kind of finding myself centering more around some of these value picks. With uh, you know, it looks like the uh, the forward positions being where I'm spending a little bit more of my money. But if you want to start with uh, where you were looking as far as the point guards are concerned, Kenny, we can go from there. Oh, all right, man. I'm going to keep it simple, man. First spend-up that I have is actually going to be 9-1, and that's going to be Trey Young. Up against the great, great, great opportunity that is called Indiana Pacers. Um, I really do feel like this is a potential double-double, potential 25-12 and 12 game for him. So I'm looking at about 50 points from him in this speed-up matchup. And if you stay close, you're probably going to get an upside of up to 70 DK points out of Trey Young. For my mid-tier, uh, I'm actually going to go with a little bit of a revenge game. Um, his shot's been very inconsistent. I know I probably brought him up before. and That's uh, Mr. Jordan Clarkson going up against his old Lakers team. Um, again, his opportunity is there. He's been able to get the green light. Um, I want to say in three of the last five games, he took over 20 shot attempts. And about eight to 12 three-pointers in each of those games. The field goals have not been connecting always. But when they do, it's an easy 30-point spot for them. And for my cheapie, I'm probably going to be the only person on this player. And this is just going to be a one-lineup thing. But I'm actually going to have some interest in uh, Patrick Beverly. I really do feel like this could be a potential 15-20 minute spot for him. His points per minute isn't really there, but I really do feel like he might be able to get you two or three three-pointers. And for 3-4, three, if you could get that plus a couple steals out of him, 
you're saving yourself in a five game spot at three four if you're able to get fifteen or twenty points out of a three four spot. How about yourself? How you're attacking these point guards? Yeah, no, that's uh, that's totally fair. I was right there with you on the on the Trey Young one. As you said, Indiana has been incredibly generous as far as uh, opposing point guards, shooting guards, whatever player you can go ahead and throw in there. In fact, looking at the over under on it it's sitting at 250 on this game which I, I don't know if i've seen a higher one so far in the season which is pretty insane uh, but definitely uh, trey young on there if i was looking at any other kind of expensive guard over here i actually still do have a little bit of interest in tyrese maxi just because of kind of the upside that he's consistently offered even though 8800 is getting to kind of the the barrier of where i'd want to pick him when he was at 9000 is kind of like no that's that's a bit too much for me but I do like him in in the matchup in general. I expect that, especially with Donovan Mitchell out, you're going to have a scenario where they're going to be attacking a lot more on the uh, otherwise kind of undersized guards that uh, that the Cleveland Cavaliers have in comparison to trying to go in at the basket, which is going to be an interesting uh, interesting uh, dilemma in terms of how the Sixers, the Sixers are going to end up attacking them. But yeah, him at 8,800 is one I'm looking at. Uh, from a cheap perspective, Sticking into that Cleveland game, we got to see that with uh, Donovan Mitchell out in the last couple of games, it's been Craig Porter who's gotten the opportunity to be able to play, you know, a increasing number of minutes. He had 16 in the first one, and in the last one, he got himself all the way up to uh, 25 minutes a game. And you know, similar to your Patrick Beverly situation here, if he's uh, finding himself in a scenario where you know Karis LeVert is questionable coming into this game, we know Donovan Mitchell is already out. If he's going to have the opportunity once again to be able to play in that kind of mid-20 minutes and get somewhere close to double-digit field goal attempts, so you know, great usage for the 25 minutes he's on there. I think at 3,800 you can't uh, can't go too wrong. And then the the last one that I was looking at more from a, a mid-tier perspective, I know you mentioned Jordan Clarkson, who obviously has that uh, boomer bust capability. I actually like the other side of it, which is Keontae George who uh, is sitting at 5,500, who, despite not having his shot really be going in in the last, let's say, four games at this point, he's been sitting at about uh, you know 35% from the field in that time, he's still been able to find ways to be able to get himself somewhere close to 30 DK points every time because of the fact that he's racking up a pretty solid uh, assist rate at this point. He's averaging about, I want to say, seven assists a game over the last uh, two weeks at this point, and it's just been very consistent on that end. So if he can start to get even some of his shot going, you know, the fact that he's getting anywhere between five to seven three-point attempts alongside the fact that he's getting close to double-digit field goal attempts in general, there's just a lot to like in terms of the potential upside if he can get even a couple of those shots falling in a matchup that is the uh, second-highest total of the night in that uh, Jazz-Lakers game. But yeah, that's a, that's for me as far as the guard, as point guards are concerned. Uh, what about the uh, shooting guard side of things? Where are you looking at there? Uh, for shooting guards, I'm actually going to go back to the same game, and I'm not sure if I'm going to have him in the same lineup with Trey Young, but DeJounte Murray at 8K, I have interest in. Again, um, he's in a great matchup against Indiana. His shot really just wasn't wasn't falling for him lately. Um, outside of the two games Young was out, um, I want to say against Philly, he probably shot four for 20. But the volume is still there, even with Trey on the floor. And points got to come from somewhere for Atlanta. So if you're not going Trey Young, you might as well pivot, go DeJounte Murray at lower ownership. Then for my mid-tier, I'm actually going to go to that Cleveland game you were talking about and actually going to have some interest in Matt Struess. Really do feel like he's going to be at lower ownership at 6-2 on a five-game slate. And he does have a potential upside to give you about 20 points and five rebounds, three assists. 
maybe uh, still here and there, but at 6-2 on a five-game slate and a potential 35-40 drafting point night, I'm really going to have interest in them, especially if um, Levert sits this game out as well. And for my low tier, it's don't really have a low tier in this option. I'm just going to go with my second mid-tier player. Um, you could also use him as small forward, and that's going to be Buddy Hill at five sits. Again, I'm loving this um, Indiana-Atlanta matchup. And I feel like at five sits, if he's actually able to give you 25, 30 minutes, and as we know, if he chooses to shoot the ball <laughs> and those shots are actually going in, Buddy Hill is capable of giving you 30 actual points in this matchup. And just to throw in one low tier that's a flyer, and this is going to be, of course, this Levert is out, um, Sam Merrill. Um, similar situation as... Um, Matt Struess, if he's able to shoot the ball, get a couple of the shots going in, he could give you a sneaky 15, 20 fantasy points at 3-3. Yeah, no, I think that's completely fair. I'm definitely there with you with DeJounte Murray as well. Like you said, the Indiana matchup just happens to be something that's going to be where you're probably going to get a lot of ownership in general, but there's just so much to like in terms of the upside there. Uh, but really where my focus has been on with the shooting guard tier has been in that kind of mid-tier to high-end value over here. And I get to uh, kind of go back to Toronto for this one over here, where I think, again, going back to uh, your justification of Max Drews having low ownership, I think Gary Trent is going to be in that same region as well. People were worried about what his uh, minutes and his shots his shots were going to look like with uh, with OG returning in the last game as well. Uh, that Detroit game, you know, he still ended up uh, getting 26 minutes, even if it was a blowout. The vast majority of his minutes were actually in kind of actual game time there ended up with 12 uh, field goal attempts and with his price sitting at 4,800, you know, he's in a pretty good position where if his, uh, if his shot is, you know, his on, he has the ability to be able to rack him up really quickly. And he's always going to get anywhere between six to eight to three point attempts every game. So if he has one of those nights where he's hitting, you know, 40% plus on that, you usually find that the rest of his, uh, rest of his stat line will get you to somewhere in the uh, high twenties to low thirties, as far as his, uh, his uh, fantasy points are concerned. So definitely like him over there. And then another kind of, I don't want to say boomer bust option over here, but with uh, Bradley Beal continuing to be out, we've been seeing Eric Gordon just have a bit of a resurgent season altogether. And despite him having a really monster game in that uh, last, uh, last one against Utah, his price is still kind of sitting in that very manageable 5,200 mark. Uh, he's played anywhere between kind of it's it's a bit of a range but anywhere between 28 to 33 minutes on a regular basis and of course that overtime game ended up pushing it quite a bit beyond that but regardless the amount of shots that he's getting is a uh, pretty uh, pretty exciting as far as Eric Gordon's uh, you know stature is concerned at this point because clearly they've got him as the release guy as soon as uh, there's any sort of crowd that's being put on both uh, Devin Booker as well as Kevin Durant so he's getting a lot of three-point attempts a lot of open three-point attempts and he's actually getting to handle the ball a little bit more with the second unit as well so 5200 gives him a lot of upside to be able to get into that kind of mid to high 30s as far as his points are concerned so definitely another uh, another area that I like and then if we're talking purely purely uh mid-tier in general and this is probably less of a uh, i don't know if i want to say a gpp pick just because uh, we haven't really seen him have that monster game as of yet but skylar mays for 6500 is still in a pretty good position in my opinion to be able to go ahead and produce for a portland team that just continues to need absolutely anything from the point guard slot his price has fallen down a little bit from that kind of 7000 mark where he was to me getting a little bit too expensive for what i could uh, potentially expect from him but at that 6500 mark 
he's got the uh, he's got the upside to be able to get into the mid to high 30s and has a pretty good uh, cash play at the very least, if not the GPP a little bit more as well. No, very solid pick, and um, I, I do feel like um, Gordon is going to get a little higher owned, especially on this five game slate. But you're right, he could have a potential of a boom game, especially with um, Portland playing the way that they're playing. But moving on to small forward, I'm actually going to start it off with um, someone who was, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, they said this person was only going to be limited to 28 minutes per game. And um, that's LeBron James. I actually might need to attack him on this five-game slate. I don't think I roster him outside of a late-game slate. But looking at the small forward positions, looking at places I can spend my cash, I can really only see myself spinning up to – get him in the lineup. Um, not too much to say about him, but moving on to a cheaper option, I'm going back to my Indiana-Atlanta game that I'm loving, and I'm actually going to have some interest in Bogdanovic. Um, I feel like this is going to be a pairing that I'm going to have either with Young or with Murray. Um going to run it back with him in the lineup as well. Um, cheap options, i don't know how much exposure I'm actually going to have this player, but I'm going to have him on the radar, especially in a five-game slate. Sadly, it's against your Toronto Raptors, and that's Joe Ingles. For some odd reason, the dude gets 20 minutes, and he's able to get you a point, a fantasy point per minute. I don't know how he does it. Um, you can watch the game, and he could shoot the ball zero times and still have – five rebounds, five assists, two steals, and get you 20 fantasy points in 18 minutes. So if you're trying to save some money at 3-5, you can't really go wrong with Joe Ingles um, since his role on that team seemed to be somewhat consistent. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's completely fair that uh, Orlando in general has been running a pretty interesting kind of bunch of lineups all the way through. They have their kind of two to three point guards going at all times. They obviously have Paolo sitting at the at the front over there, but then they kind of mix things around between Wagner, uh, Ingles, as well as uh, a little bit of Goga Batadze as well, which is kind of, I mean, to me, it's a little bit of a lottery in terms of who's going to get more of those minutes. So it's been a bit interesting to watch them, but in general, Orlando's been playing quite well this year. So I actually expect this is going to be a, a pretty competitive game. And in fact, I think uh, we're sitting at Orlando actually being favored by uh, one and a half going into this. So I may have to, uh, put a little bit into the underdog here because I don't think we're losing that game. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. But as far as a uh, small forward is concerned in general, I'm also looking at that kind of mid-tier. And as much as uh, you know, you're liking the Indiana Atlanta, even just kind of unconsciously without trying, I find I'm getting quite a bit of exposure to the Utah LA game in general here. And especially from a small forward slot here, uh, there's a couple that I do like in this matchup. Uh, first of all, it's uh, Taylor Horton Tucker who you know really needed something to uh, get a little bit of life going into what has been a pretty up and down season uh, thus far. And, you know, Keontae George has definitely taken over as far as the starter is concerned, but he's still finding himself in a pretty solid kind of 25 to 27 minute role. And really that's, uh, that's all he needs if he can have, you know, even a, a half decent game on the, on the offensive end. And the issue really comes when he's playing a really passive one. We saw in that last Phoenix one where he was able to get up 18 field goal attempts in 29 minutes, definitely the other side of what uh, Taylor Horton Tucker can do. And that included 10 three point attempts in that as well. So definitely a bit of a, a boomer bust pick, but again, against the Lakers, a bit of a revenge game. If you're into that narrative as well, 
But in general, I think him having that uh, shooting guard, small forward eligibility allows you to slot him in in a bunch of different ways. And at 4,600, there's more than enough buffer as far as his floor is concerned that even if he doesn't have an amazing game, he probably won't end up killing you as far as uh, his, uh, his price tag is concerned. And at that same game over there, if I'm actually looking at the spend up, and you talked about LeBron James, but I actually think Laurie Markkinen at that uh, 8,400 mark gives you just so much safety because you know, even if he has an absolute dud of a game, he's not going to end up anywhere below kind of the low to mid 30s. And that's still not the worst possible one, while the upside absolutely is you know, the capability to be able to have a 50 plus uh, point night over here in a matchup where he should probably do you know, pretty well in terms of kind of the ability for him to stretch out some of that defense, you know, force uh, someone like Anthony Davis or even one of their backups to actually have to come out and guard him over there where, you know, he's going to get uh, more of that opportunity to be uh, that stretch, uh, that stretch three, four that he likes to be. So 8,400 is probably one of my kind of more liked spend ups in, in that position over there. While uh, if I'm looking again at that uh, kind of low to mid tier value, I do also think that Cam Reddish is, is someone I may have a little bit of interest in just because of the pure, amount and volume of minutes that he's getting he's not necessarily getting the usage that i would like nor is he getting kind of the field goal attempts but if he's going to be playing anywhere between that 35 to 38 minutes that he's consistently doing to help kind of keep uh keep the rest of the uh lakers crew nice and fresh his steal numbers which have been incredible over the last couple of games are, are really kind of holding him up from the the rest of his value as well so he really just needs to see his shot fall a couple of times no, definitely. Solid pick in Laurie Markkinen. I really do feel like his floor is there. Um, I, I just don't see him having the upside on a five-game slate to really take down a GPP. Um, but speaking of upside to take down a GPP, I don't know when this dude learned how to just flirt with triple-doubles like this, but it's Kevin Durant. Like, for 10K, a potential triple-double for KD and also going along with 40 points as an upside? That, that's going to give you about 75 points, which would be enough to help you win a five-game slate as a GPP. So uh, that's going to be probably my second favorite spend-up on the slate outside of uh, Trey Young. Then speaking of Trey Young, I, I hate to do it, but I'm going back to this Atlanta-Indiana game. Um, if I'm not running Bodanovich with um, either Murray or Young, I'm actually going to run um, Sadiq Bey at four cents. Um, similar to Bogdanovich, um, you are kind of relying on the shot. Only thing different is he will contribute to a couple of rebounds, seem to average about six to seven rebounds per game. Um, but if you could get 20 points, 20 actual points, five rebounds for four sits, get yourself close to a 30 DK point night out of the bay. That's really going to help you in a GPP. And then going cheap, you got to take risks when you go cheap, especially in GPPs. And I'm actually going to go in this Toronto matchup again and go with Jonathan Isaac for 4-1. Again, his minutes have been extremely consistent, but at times he can produce in a ridiculous ways by giving you about three blocks and steals, um, giving you a couple three-pointers and a couple rebounds as well. So for 4-1, if you could get yourself 20, 25 fantasy points out of him, uh, that's going to be great on a five-gang slate just for their spinning 4-1. Yeah, I like it. I think that's uh, it's very much in line with uh, part of where I was looking as well. But when you mentioned the uh, Atlanta-Indiana game, I thought you were going to go for Jalen Johnson, who I was going to end up mentioning over there, who at 6,100 is probably my favorite, had a mid-tier 
pick out of uh, out of all these options that are out there. I was kind of between him and, uh, and John Collins in terms of who I potentially like more. But Jalen Johnson has just shown such great rebounding upside. And for him to also do that in the last game against Philly, where he was able to rack up 10 boards alongside 18 real points to end up on 43 DK points, just gives me so much hope that he has the capability to be able to do that on a regular basis. Now in a, in a matchup where he's going to have a little bit more uh, opportunity to be able to get some of those long rebounds that are going to definitely come as a result of, uh, of Trey and Murray and, and all these guys getting the opportunity to shoot just so much more in a high paced matchup that his floor is just a very secure to me. And if he can have the, the kind of games that we've been seeing every like second game or third game out of him, then he does have that capability to really destroy that, uh, that price tag and give you anywhere between six to seven X on his, uh, on his price tag. So definitely something that I am absolutely interested in and right there with you on the, on the Kevin Durant one, he's probably my favorite spend up on the, uh, on the entire slate for, uh, for his price tag there. Just 10,000 is giving you the kind of upside that, uh, that Jokic can potentially give you on, on a good night if he continues to be uh, this kind of uh, aggressive that he's showing on the offensive end, getting anywhere between 25 to 26 uh, shots a game while getting all these other kind of supporting stats to go with that. So absolutely on board with it. While if I'm looking at uh, at some of the uh, potential uh, cheaper options over here, I was uh, looking at uh, Jonathan Isaac myself as well. But I, I do also think that in that kind of uh, same price range, I'm still looking for uh, for Aaron Neesmith to be a guy that can have his comeback game. It's just one of those things where they obviously like using him in matchups in which there's a little bit more potential size uh, on the other end for uh, for them to go in just because outside of uh, Miles Turner, they really do have a, a big lack of it on that. And they and they find him that in, in teams that like to run uh, with a little bit more of that uh, mix of a guard with you know, that, that big coming down into the middle for you, which absolutely Atlanta does in, in combination of either Clint Capella or Onyeka Okongwu. I think he's going to have that opportunity to be able to get anywhere between uh, that 25 to 28 minutes, which we've seen rather than uh, some of these other recent matchups where that hasn't really been in his place. So, you know, definitely not going to have much ownership because he's had he's had very boomer bust kind of games, and I expect that uh, this is going to be one of those games where he can help turn that around. Uh, definitely a solid pick, and yeah, um, Johnson is definitely in consideration on this um, slate as well. But moving on to the big man, um, somebody who's always questionable but always have a chance of a boomer bust night. I'm actually going to go with um, Anthony Davis. I actually do feel like this is a Sixty fantasy point spot for him um, going in tomorrow night. Uh, potential double double, giving you a couple blocks against Utah, who's really lacking any real physical big man at the moment with Kessler being out. Going mid tier, I'm probably going to have very minor ownership on him, but I'm actually going to throw in uh, Kelly Olynyk. Um, that's going to be more so if, um, Davis is out. Um, I do feel like this will be a decent spot for him. Um, if you're looking for about 20, 25 points for about 5k, I feel like this will be a safe route to go. And also if Davis is out, um, Christian Wood will be somebody I would have interest in as well. And I probably would run both Wood and Olenek in the same lineup if Davis is out as well. And for 4-4, four, four, um, Wood, he's a potential double-double spot as well, um, just as well as Olenek. And I really do feel like if both are on the floor and won't really um, cancel each other out, they should still get you about 25 minutes. 
only problem you got to worry about is Wood getting into fell trouble with marking it on the floor. Yeah, going completely uh, on board with that. I think very solid picks. Kelly Olenek was definitely in mind here for me as well. Just again, it's it's his minutes total. That's a little bit uh, you know, worrying from a perspective that you're hoping that he'll be productive in the time that he does get. But if he can play anywhere between you know 22 to 25 minutes, he's usually able to do pretty well for his price tag, just given his ability to put up points per minute. This was, although at the center slot, this was probably the only uh, real time that I was going back to that Orlando and uh, Raptors game coming into this, because I actually think both the pair of uh, Jakob Pertl and Precious Achua are in play here for me, with probably a little bit more interest in Achua in general, uh, just given the fact that uh, get, just how the lineups have been starting to uh, go with uh, with Toronto, and some of it was you know Achua himself kind of getting back into the groove of things, but they're really liking kind of running him at uh, not only in that second unit, but also kind of early on in that first quarter, you know, Jakob Pertl kind of starts, gets his uh, opportunity to kind of go hard for the first five, six minutes. And then they're jumping Precious in there kind of at the, uh, you know, three, four minutes mark of, of each of those quarters to be able to kind of play some of that uh, that key role. And he's finding himself getting a lot more involved in the offensive end. So for 4,000, he has the upside to give you a, a 25 uh, plus fantasy points night if you can kind of have a, a decent night on the boards, which he has for the last uh, for the last about week and a half on the whole, averaging kind of close to seven rebounds a game. So definitely a, a decent spot for him. While Jakob Pertl, I think at 5,900 is about as solid as you can get for the price tag that's there. Just because you know whatever offense you're going to get out of him is going to be really efficient. He's not wasting shots out there. He's been averaging uh, nearly a, a double double over the last uh, over the last week and a half at this point, while also starting to get those uh, stocks numbers coming back into what we had seen over the last season. He had kind of a, a stretch where he wasn't really getting many blocks uh, for the last little bit, but now he's got five over the last two games, and in general is, is starting to get. That uh, that minutes total and those field goal attempts back to kind of the regular we were seeing last year, which had him priced kind of in that uh, high six thousands to low seven thousands, because you knew you could get anywhere between uh, thirty to thirty five on a nightly basis from him. So as far as uh, fifty nine hundred is concerned, I think that's a really uh, solid price tag for you to be able to go ahead and uh, take advantage of that. But that uh, does bring us to uh, the end of uh, positions over here. As you can see, a lot of uh, different ways that we've kind of gone about this. There's a couple of spend-ups that you definitely have a way to think about in terms of how you're going to go ahead and build your lineup. So as always, interact with us, not only on Discord, get yourself that DFS pass, talk to the pros, join us on Twitter. You can catch me at HAK underscore devil, where you can talk to me about who you're kind of building your lineup around. What position is it that you're really focusing on? And is that Indiana Atlanta game going to be such a gold mine for fantasy that you may want to think about stacking that game? But you know, that's, that's one way to look at it. And you can always talk to Kenny about the same thing. Where can the people find you? Yeah, you can find me at orange DFS on Twitter. Um, I'm always talking about basketball from, WNBA, NBA, women's college basketball, man, college basketball, NBL, EuroLeague, or ABA. I'm always down to talk basketball. Yeah, always. Uh, still having those uh, long nights for uh, the other. What happened with the uh, with the EuroLeague games you were catching last week? Oh, man. Um, the Basconia game kind of let me down. I knew I was talking about that being a nice little gold mine for me, but. Man, I got that game wrong. I actually got lucked up in the um, Olympiacos game. Was actually able to get the full game stack on that, so I was able to hit a 10x and a 3x. Nice. Um, but outside of that, I was real, real disappointed in my take on that Basconia game. I was really, 
really hyped up going into it last week. Well, they say, yeah, you win some, you lose some, but definitely Kenny is your guy to be able to talk about those games that perhaps others do not have the same level of exposure on. So make sure you follow him and engage with him about that. But until the next time, uh, he's going to be a Ramiz and I coming on for the 14 game slate as of tomorrow. So lots to uh, think about in something like that. But until then, enjoy this five game slate and let's take down some GPPs.